I'm here to inform you that if you should stumble upon Malenkov, which I recommend that you do, in any way do not kill any more kindred in my city. In, 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 if push comes to shove, you, you say we, we... You stake him. Where do we get... Um, a-, a stake? You break off the leg of a chair and you pierce it through the heart of a vampire. Vampire. This is Red Moon role-playing. Well, what do you know? But it is a square chair leg. Um, well, if there are glasses around, any knives? Maybe Dolph's weapon can help you. Uh, I look over at you. You, could I borrow that for a bit? Certainly, I would be more than pleased to watch you practice woodwork right now. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, it's needs must, I guess. I take it as he hands it over to me, and I, uh, yeah, try to, you know, hold uh, hold it. Oh, let me. I'll hold it. You push a chair leg against it, for Christ's sake, Alan. Yeah, yeah come on, man. Come down, calm down. And I uh, start doing it. All right, you managed to get somewhat a sharp, pointy edge on your chair leg. And if you want to whittle it down even more, I am sure that as we're in a kitchen, there will be knives, there will be all kinds of implements. We could spend some time, make some new furniture for them. No, I already looked around. There were no... Oh, yeah, you're joking, right? Let's let's go, then. What are you going to do? You can definitely hear voices on the other side of the door. You can well, hear... you're the master of sneaking... Alan, so why don't you sneak through and just see what's going on? Obviously, if you catch a whiff of Malenkov, come back here. Again, I don't want you putting yourself in any unnecessary risk. Yeah. Yeah, right. And not having pushed myself too much with my powers before, I'm I'm not sure I realize that it's not too wise to keep doing this. It's a desperate situation, and uh, I think I might use Unseen Passage. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, but maybe I'll stand there for a bit and try to get out of sight, but I feel it's not working. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it with someone's watching. Damn it. Can you, can you look the other way? Can you look that way? Certainly. Uh, why not? And I use the power. Let's see if I get more hungry too. No, I do not. And as I notice that, I feel sheathed in something, hiding me from you. I walk over to the door, very carefully open it. All right. As soon as you open it, um... You are getting a flashback, Dolph. You've definitely been here before. You recognize that the number that is playing right now is the house number for the Backtrack Club. It's been years and years since you've been here first. This was the beginning of your modeling career. Because this is a gay club and you were and are very much an icon for both men and women. So you actually, in your very, very, very young days, very early days, in order to, 
um, build a repertoire, you visit this club a couple of times. Oh. All this wandering around Chicago on foot has got me turned around and I didn't even recognize the place from the outside. The irony of ending up in the place I intended to go all along. How do you feel now that you are in the club? Focused. I know what I intend to do here. And Malenkov is really quite secondary to all of that. I'm looking for Brett Stryker. Because he humiliated me. So if you turn around and look towards the door, I assume that you wouldn't see anything. No. Hmm. That's quite alarming. I've never known someone to just disappear in the blink of an eye like that, but that is what they say his clan is capable of. Uh, it makes me check over my shoulder and wonder if he's still in the room with me. Very unusual to know that I know someone who can just vanish. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that. Alright. So, Alan, you are entering what is uh, the bar, actually, from behind. So you are walking between bartenders, handing over drinks uh, to waiting customers. The club is pretty full tonight. Mm. And I uh, find uh, I have to do a bit of a balance act not to bump into someone and get past everyone and uh, it seems like nothing weird is going on so far no one has set off and any kind of chaos in here no it seems pretty normal to you it's a nice song this is a pretty cool place. Pretty, a bit too loud, perhaps. Um, and I uh, start sort of just making my way around the crowd, just trying to look for Malenkov or, um, in lack of him, I guess, any back rooms or other way to other floors in the club. All right, that takes you a little while. Uh, so I want to know... Vincent, are you doing anything? Well, I've got in through the front door. Okay. You are met by um, one of the hosts of the club. A uh, tall, old man in a dress shirt and a pair of acid-washed jeans. And he welcomes you with a big smile and says, Hello! Welcome! Ah, yes. Hi. So, you know what to do, right? I kind of inwardly do a little wince, but I keep my composure outside, and I say, well, yes, I want to come in, I just give you some money, right, or something, no? Oh, so straight to the point, I guess. I, I mean, I was asking for the password. But money is fine. Absolutely fine. Yes, that that's fine, and I kind of, again, reach into my wallet, and I kind of take out just a... <laughs> A hundred dollars. He takes it up to the light, looks for it. Oh, yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah, go and have fun. Thank you, no problem. And I kind of just start moving on. I notice he didn't seem to care about the 
weapon I'm kind of trying to kind of just conceal a little bit but I don't question that I just walk on walk on or maybe he didn't see it and I think to myself already I relax a little more because I was like okay yes it's a club of some kind at least I'm not walking into an empty room with Malenkov in it so that's good that's good that's fine uh, you walk into the club and you see a very small room compared to the amount of people that are in here kind of looks like a big apartment it doesn't really look like a club um, but it's definitely been built as a club uh, there's a small bar a lot of people dancing uh, very very busy tonight mm, I kind of wrinkle my nose a little at the close proximity suddenly of so many individuals luckily I am well fed do I get a sense of kind and kindred or lots of just kind what do I get very mixed messages mm. well in that case I'll start easing my way through and with my awareness I'm just starting to see can I see any signs of <laughs> Malenkov or anyone else not really you don't really see anything uh, out of the ordinary um, and while you're searching what about you Dolph Alan hasn't returned yet, so I assume he's still looking, but impatient to address the burning issue that I have, I will slide the railing into my sleeve as well as I possibly can, and walk out through the kitchen and into the club proper, and I will be scouting around looking for Brett. But your problem is you're going to exit through the bar. Yeah. How are you handling that? I'm just walking confidently. A couple of bartenders looks at you odd. I look at them oddly. One of the girls steps in front of me. Hey. Uh, hey. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, hi. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, you're not supposed to be back. I here. know. That's why I'm trying to get through to the dance floor. Excuse me. Okay. Well, just don't get back back here. Okay? No, certainly not. Hmm. Ha ha ha. Uh, you see her talking to one of the bigger bartenders and he's kind of giving you the eye. I give him the eye. And you exit. As you look around, you see Vincent, who looks a little confused. I'm sure he stands out quite well in this thriving gay bar. <laughs> well, I see Dolph suddenly kind of emerging from a back entrance and there's some commotion and I kind of, after a few minutes, sort of make my way to him and say well the good news is it's got lots and lots of people in here and uh, so it's not dangerous yet well not until someone starts feeding in public or killing someone in public or doing other things Malenkov and other kindred we've encountered are prone to do well I currently haven't seen any other kindred that I know anyway what do you suggest I can't see Malenkov well, we know the kinds of things that Malenkov is into. You're, you have a gift of the silver tongue, so why don't you try and find out where the sex workers and drugs are, are kept? Hmm. Seems quite forward, but all right then. While you two are talking, um, we have Ellen. And Ellen, you've been sniffing around a bit, and you finally found a place that looks like it's been separated a bit from the rest of the club. Uh, there are a doorman standing outside of this 
looks like a room, just a normal room, but it definitely looks important to you. It, it's kind of, it's separated. It looks, yeah, it looks like it, it could hold importance. Mm. Alright. Maybe this is it. Oh, no idea what he wants to do in here. I, uh, I'm gonna try and, uh, get past the doorman then. How? Well, how is he standing? Uh, is he like just blocking the way? No, he's standing at the side of the door, but he will see the door opening. Oh yeah, that's that. Um, and is there something around that can be bowled over or something like that? There is a speaker on the floor. So if I bowl that over in one direction, maybe that will grab his attention? Maybe. Maybe I can find a glass and just throw it uh, at the other side of the room. Definitely. There are lots of left, yeah, glasses just left around on tables. Let's try that. So you're gonna pick up a glass and you're gonna throw it against the wall? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you pick up a glass and you throw it against the wall pretty close to the doorman. And it startles him. He, he, he looks over and he looks around, looking, kind of looking for the person who threw the glass. A couple of people would scream and jump back. Uh, but it doesn't seem to cause too much trouble. But it definitely ca caught his attention. Alright. And as he does that, uh, as he looks away, I'm gonna see if, if there's any chance I can... I'm gonna try and, and see if I can at least feel the door and see if I can slip through it. Okay. Well, you can open the door, definitely. It's not closed. Alright. And, and as I feel that, I'm gonna try and open it and slip through and see what happens. As you slip through, it's like you're entering a complete other club. It's so weird. It's like where the other club was just full of strobe lights, blinking constantly, lots of people dancing. You kind of found this little corner that's completely looks completely desolate. Mm. There is red carpeting on the floor and a, just a red light constantly flickering above you. Um, like it's just about to go out. Uh, it's a long hallway and the end of the hallway there's a big double-sided door. And you can go two directions. Uh, you can either go straight forward or you can take a turn to the left. And at the turn of on the left corner, there is a small desk and a guy sitting behind it. Like some kind of receptionist thing? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think I, I, I feel really nervous. What I just did, uh, uh, as I feel that I managed to slip through and if nothing else happens I'm, I'm probably going to stand still for a little bit just to see if something happens um, but if no one seems to have taken notice I think to myself that maybe I should just find out what's going on as much as I can while I'm unseen and then I can get the other guys so I'm gonna try not to disturb the receptionist if that's all that is there to the left. And instead proceed towards the big double doors and see if I can hear something in there. Okay. I don't wanna I don't wanna visibly open them uh, if that's it might cause, you know, someone to see what's happening. So I'm gonna proceed up to them and, and sort of lean in and listen. Okay. So you pass by the receptionist pretty easily. 
And as you walk up to the double doors and you put your head against it, you don't really hear anything. You don't, there's no sound that catches your attention. Oh, that's, that's curious. I'm gonna... You just hear the flickering light in the background. Just ding, 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 constantly. It's annoying. It's really annoying, that sound. Uh, I'm gonna try and focus on me and what's inside and what's crawling underneath my skin. Oh, yeah. Them. Them. Perhaps they can go under and... I can use them for spying what's inside. I'm gonna see if I can send out a few of my mom-rated stink bugs mm -hmm. to see, have a look inside. Okay. You if they can go under the door, that they is. They definitely can. Right. I'll do that. Alright. While you do that, I need to know if Vincent and Dolph are doing anything other than bickering. Well, after the bickering, I will myself, at the suggestion of Dolph, start eyeing the crowds, eyeing the area. Can I see any areas where there are those bouncers and those doors? Um, it's in the other end of the room from where you're standing, and, and the room is full of dancing people. <clears throat> I start easing my way around. Okay, so you want to ease your way around the crowd? Yes. And um, what about you, Dolph? I'm looking for Brett. Is he anywhere in here? You do see on a platformed area in the back of the room, pretty much near the door that Alan just entered. It's kind of the VIP area. You do remember that. Um, and you do see Brett sitting around a round table with all his admirers around him. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not going to ruin the party for Vincent and Alan. I know that we have some important work to do here. Uh, but I am going to go to the bar. Okay. I'm going to say, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, hi. Weren't you to Sorry, get... it's quite quite difficult, quite difficult to get your attention over the volume of the music. Yeah, sorry about that. It's always so loud it's in It's quite here. all right. I think I've just made a new friend. I'll give her a wink. And I think we're going to enjoy a bottle of something for the night. Uh, I'm thinking something quite hard. Do you have any any good whiskies or or even good vodkas back there? Oh yeah, what price range are you thinking? Well, I'm happy to buy the entire bottle. And if I could actually have it in the bottle, that would be wonderful because we'll we'll hang around for a little while, but then I'll probably take it. Uh, okay. Take well, it we do have Grey Goose. What can I, that's something you'd that, like? That sounds absolutely perfect to me. Okay, well, no problem. She finds a big bottle of Grey Goose and puts it in I assume you take card. Uh, yeah, of course. Good. I, I do hate handling cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite old-fashioned. <laughs> mm, indeed. Some countries still depend on it. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and I take the bottle. And I have my eyes fixed on Brett Stryker over there. I'm not going to act yet, but I am going to act soon. How do you feel when you see him in his entourage? 
I feel insulted. I feel humiliated. I remember the way he was talking to me in the succubus club, trying to bring me down. I've already had a pretty bad few nights, and this little poser has decided to try and bring me down. I know it's irrational. I know that it is completely irrational for me to be so fixated on these imbeciles that keep trying to ruin my existence. I don't even want anything to do with these bloody kindred and their ridiculous society, and yet... Here I am, in yet another bar, run by yet another kindred, and if what I intend to do achieves anything, I'm hoping it will just leave me left alone. I want people to leave me alone so that I can spend time with my beautiful Ada, who I love. I can look after her, I can pursue my modelling career, and I can stay away and be left out of, from all of this political garbage. Okay. Let's move on to, uh, to Ellen. Ellen, you've sent a couple of stink bugs into the room. They crawl underneath the door. And I'm assuming you're just waiting patiently for them to return? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep listening for any sound, but if, if I don't hear anything, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait for them to come back and let me know what's in, inside. Well, as they come back, uh, you, you, you've never really been... always been able to tell what they think, because they're stink bugs, they can't really relate to, to human nature, but what you can't see on them is they are completely covered in blood. Completely. Oh. Oh. And you can feel on them that they are startled or they are trying to escape something. They return back pretty quickly. Oh shit. I... I feel infected by the them being startled and kind of as they crawl themselves back into my body I feel a chill crawling up along and it continues up my spine uh, this might be what he decided to do a scene for whatever reason um, maybe I should get the other ones and I, uh, I, I look at the door, and I, ooh, I, I bail out, I, I get scared, and I, I start moving back towards the other smaller door, where the bouncer is probably still, or the guy standing still outside. I'm not sure how he's going to react, but what if I just open the door and don't do anything? Maybe he'll come in, and maybe then I can sneak by him. I don't know. I I try to gently push the door open. As you do that, you see Vincent, who is standing on the other side of the door. Vincent, you have found this place that seems to you to be separated from the club. Interesting. I quickly look to my left and right. Is the bouncer standing at his post? No, he's not. He is investigating the weird glass accident. I look around, I see the bouncer has left, and I just go, hmm. 
and I very quickly move to gently open the door and just sort of try and slide in. So just as you sort of reach for the door, the door opens and there's no one there. I quickly look around and just see, even though there's tons of people, like, I'm wondering if Dolph is looking in my direction. Just to sort of try and at least do a quick hand gesture, but I don't know if I can see him. Can you see him, Dolph? I occasionally look around the club, so yeah, why not? I see Vincent. In that case, you just see me kind of do a little bit of a sort of like gesturing to that door as I then go in. Hmm. I will slowly make my way across the dance floor. Slowly. So, Vincent, you are now inside of this room I just described. Uh, And you also see the desk a couple of meters ahead on your left side. I look around, I look to the exit, waiting for Dolph, I mutter under my breath, of course, I wonder where Highland's gone. So is the desk there, is, a, is someone sitting there by the desk as well? Yes. So if I would make myself visible now, they would see it? Yes. Then I wait and see how Vincent, uh, what he does with the person at the desk. Right, yes. So I move over to this desk. Who's there? There's a woman sitting behind the desk. She looks up with a smile. She was reading a magazine. Oh, hello. Hi. How can I help you? Well, I do a few quick mental calculations looking around, assuming this is some sort of VIP area, and I go, well, I was looking for a friend, if you know what I mean. Are any of your rooms uh, in use at the moment? Well, all of them are in use at the moment. Oh, all of them. But we do have a free spot in an hour. Depending on what you like. Well, like I said, I'm actually looking for a friend. He said he'd meet me here. Uh, Maybe you saw him. I kind of loosely describe Malenkov. Oh yeah, he is right in the back. She points towards the room with the double doors. Oh, at the back is he? Oh, very good. It's it's all right if I... He is expecting me. It's okay if I go in. Sure, I have no problem. Excellent. A few other friends are joining me as well. I'll just wait a moment for, for them to come. Thank you, though. Very, very helpful, young lady. You're welcome. And I looked those doors, and then I looked back to where I came, waiting for Dolph. Mm. Okay, so you're still standing inside of the reception, and you haven't gone up to the doors. Yes, that's right. Yeah. All right, I'm standing a bit away, sort of impatiently, because I feel like if I make myself visible in front of the receptionist, it's going to create unneeded attention. Um, So, are there there lamps alongside the walls or something like that? Sure. Hmm. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to reach up and sort of... uh, Further down the hall, I'm gonna start to wiggle a lampshade and see if that catches Vince's attention. I, waiting for Dolph, may indeed look towards that door and I think I will see a lampshade wiggling around and I'll kind of raise an eyebrow and be a bit like, what? Vincent, ah! why are you staring at that lampshade? I startle ever so slightly at you perfectly coming behind me. Um, no reason. Our, our friend is waiting in the room over there. Ah, you bought some, uh, some drink. Good. Mm, well, this is for later. Well, in that case, uh, 
if you don't mind, madam. I gesture to the door, and as I start moving with Dolph in that direction, I just mutter, any idea where Alan is? No, none. Uh, Excuse me, uh, young lady. Mm, yeah? Uh, could you look after this bottle for me? I'll be back to get it in a minute. Yeah, sure. I'm, I suppose you're going to pay for usage of the room. We can't just have people running in. I assume you know the rules. Yes, here's my car. Do you keep it? Oh, well, thank you. I'll pick it up on the way back. Scan it. Do whatever it is you need to do with it. Come on, Vincent. Let's go and see our friend. And uh, as you start moving forward and, and just get up to the doors, um, I'm going to hold out my arm to, to stop Vincent. I will bump into an invisible arm. I appear in front of you as first you feel my hair, arm and then you see me. Say nothing, Alan. We don't want to draw the receptionist's attention. Yes. My eyes widen just a little, but I do keep my composure. Very well done. I had no idea you were here. Oh, uh, very good. Okay, great. I'm going to lean in to whisper. There's a scene in there. There's blood all over the place. Something... Something pretty badly went down, so you better be ready. It's gonna get messy, alright, alright, alright. Remember, speed. We just want to get in there, impale him, and then we will somehow escort him out of this heaving, dancing joint. Yeah, I hear you be right behind you I guess and yet I still feel it would be more to my advantage to impale him before taking him out rather than getting him onto the dance floor where he could cause all kinds of merry hell I would agree on that statement and as I move towards the door I just feel a little bit of apprehension and my inner vitae does sort of sizzle as I activate my fortitude ability of toughness. That is a rouse check. Mm-hmm. Which I do not pass, and now I am on two hunger. But for the rest of this scene, all superficial damage before it's halved, because I'm a vampire, also now loses my fortitude, which is two. So, doing this... I try the door and see if it opens. It does. I slowly open the door. As you open the door, you look down on your feet and a fresh stream of blood envelops one of your shoes and just kind of seeps out of the room. Um, You look up and you are entering a large bedroom. There's an intoxicating smell of blood that hits all of your nostrils. And there's a paper lamp in the ceiling that sends a beam of light through its bloody cover, giving the room a spotted red look. Candles glow on shelves around the bedroom. Melancholy is sitting on a large bed behind a meat pile of what was once five kind. His beard sticks to his neck and his chest with congealed blood and his nude upper body is covered from navel to neck in thick red fluid. Bits of bone and skin and hair cover the entire room. 
With a satisfied smile, he rises up from his seated position. He stretches and places his hands on his hips. And he says, You invite Sabbath into your domain? He gestures to the gore. This is what you get. And this is just the start. Just one room. Imagine this entire city. Still, don't be shy. I bet the hunt for me made you a little peckish. It's funny because there's a moment, maybe a few seconds, where I admit I am actually unsettled. This is, even for me, like, what the fuck? And then I remember that we need to do this quickly. I'm going to do a blood surge. I am going to just sort of say, you really are something. I really am, aren't I? And whip out the weapon and dive towards him. You dive towards him? Yes. Okay. What are um, Ellen and Dolph doing? Dolph will also blood surge. Uh, I will make my rouse check. I fail at my rouse check. I am feeling hungry, but... Not so hungry that I'm out of control. I have my iron railing gripped in my hand, and I will likewise lunge at Malenkov. And uh, much like Vincent, I have this initial reaction of, I don't know what, a mixture between the hunger of the strange, appetizing sight of the blood mixed with a horrifying sight of all the mutilated bodies and bits of hair and muscle and bones and sinews just strewn across the room. It's a very strange feeling. And I see them run ahead before me and I run after them. Okay, so you are all three of you are running towards Malenkov who is standing on top of the bed. Have you all drawn your weapons? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, as you are approaching him, you do feel like the room in itself is almost caving in on you. It's like the already darkened room is getting even darker and darker and darker. With every step you take towards him, it's like... The shadows themselves are reaching out for you. They are almost making it hard to exist in the room. It's like they are sticking to your skin. It's like they are trying to prevent you from getting near him. It's almost like the closer you get to him, it's like running in water. You move forward, but you it's, it's, it's difficult. It's like you're moving slow. You've never ever experienced anything like this before. It's so surreal and so out of this world. So terrifying. Even for vampires. Um, He holds both of his hands up almost as if he's trying to conjure something. He's trying to make something come alive. Um, And that's what he uses his turn on. Um, and because it's taking you a little longer to get to him, um, not all of you three get to him at once. Um, but 
Vincent, as you are the first person to leap towards him, you do come in like a meter's distance of him. I am inwardly beginning to panic just a little because this is fucking surreal. All I know is whatever he's doing, we need to stop it. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to be able to pierce his heart straight off. I'm really hoping maybe one of the others is better at that. I'm thinking if I want to stop him doing what he's doing, I need to distract him at least a little. So I, instead of going for the chest, will actually aim for his head. More a sort of swing at the head rather than going for the heart, hoping that will at least throw off whatever he's doing. As you are lifting your arm towards Malenkov, a almost abyssal appendage tentacle reaches out from the shadows behind the bed and it grabs your arm and it restrains it. It holds it back. I try and fight against this. Like, fuck, fuck off. And that's your turn. Dolph, what do you do? You are almost at just as close to Malenkov as uh, Vincent is. Uh, in that case, seeing Vincent being restrained, I will throw my railing like a javelin at his chest. Okay, we need a roll for that, definitely. Yeah. So we need a roll to hit. And what are you aiming for? Are you aiming for anything specific? I will launch my iron railing like a javelin toward his heart, rolling my strength plus athletics along with my blood surge to roll six dice. And due to the sheer lack of successes on that roll, I am going to use a willpower to roll again. Okay. Three large successes. One nine, two tens. That's four then. Excellent. You aim pretty well. And you are... The javelin is actually heading towards, directly towards his heart. Um, As it comes close... One of these tentacles he, that just appears out of the shadow sends it in a, on a bit of a misrule. So instead of piercing his heart, it pierces just underneath. But he does bend down. And um, Vincent, the tentacle that was keeping you restrained, withdraws from the shadows. <sighs> and he bends down and he... <coughs> he, he takes his hand up to his stomach and looks up at uh, Dolph with pure anger. Alan? I have been running onwards. Not really sure what I'm doing, but I have the uh, splintered chair leg in my hand and I, I just see this very quickly unfolding in front of me. It's It's happening i feel it's happening quickly but at the same time it is this feeling of moving through water and as if anything everything is just happening in slow motion and i'm not even sure what i'm gonna do when i reach him but i'm gonna keep running towards him and if i come up to him i'm gonna try and stab him with the chair leg you successfully get up close to malenkov who is um pretty badly hurt by the javelin currently sticking out of his right lung. You raise your stake up, you grab his left shoulder so you can get a better aim, and you hurl that stake right through his heart, and he freezes, falls to the bed that he was standing on. 
all of the shadows seem to just retract back underneath the bed, back into the corners, back from where they came from, as Malenkov falls to his knees and almost freezes up in a field position with a almost a scream frozen on his face. What? I take a moment to recover from the, the thing that had been grabbing my arm and I just look at you both, I sort of smile, and then I go to the door and just make sure the door is closed. It is. Hmm. <laughs> Shit, man, that was fucking, that was messed up. What was that stuff? The, I'm never going to get the stains out of my clothes. I feel my hand sort of cramped around the telling. Don't pull it out, Alan. And I slowly unfold my hand around it and I just pull it back and hold both hands up in front of me. What was that? And I look around suspiciously and feeling genuinely scared of any shadow and every flickering of the room. I don't know. But you did good. Uh, you you both did very good, very good. That was uh, that that was a fro, Dolph. That was a fro. <laughs> okay, we got him. We got him. Now Th- this 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 is all far too much for me to. Okay, uh, right, gentlemen. I I'm going to cause a distraction that will result in this club. Emptying, and after it empties, you can both carry this paralyzed body out with you. This um, this club is—is is it owned by by Kindred? Uh, it doesn't matter really. We we just need to cause a distraction so that no one's looking when you're carrying a body wrapped in a sheet. Which, admittedly, if it's a sheet from in here, it's going to be covered in blood. So my suggestion to you is you wait for the sounds of people departing to go by. You then go into another room, grab a sheet that's slightly more clean than the ones in here, wrap up Malenkov with steak inside, don't dislodge it, and you carry him out. That all sounds good to me, although what distraction are you causing? I will just do something minor in the bar. You know, sound a fire alarm or something. All right, yes, that's uh, yes, that's uh, good. We'll, we'll wait here. Come, Alan, we'll uh, wait here. He causes the distraction, then we can get out of here. Uh, and then we'll have to tell the sheriff later on that it's his job to clear up. The, the, I, I gesture to this horrific seed of these corpses. So yeah. He needs to clear this up. Yeah, man. And, and as uh, Dolph is starting to move out, I, I look at Vincent and I say, well, I'm just thinking, you know, if... Kindred owns the place, and maybe he 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 could do this in the service of the, the prince or something. That's true, but I think for the moment we need to get Malenkov out of here. And yeah, he's right. We need to get everyone out of here. And I kind of start looking at some of these these bloody corpses, and I just feel this slight tingling, and I kind of can't help. I just kind of go over and sort of with a finger, sort of take some blood just sort of taste it how much do you have in hunger right now free yeah you can't resist the temptation to bend down and feed and i do and i feel a little embarrassed and i'm sure it tastes not 
Well, actually, I don't know. Does it taste like my palate? It doesn't. But it's something. Can I... Can, can I restrain myself? I mean, you didn't t- bend down to taste the blood. So... Yeah. No. You can, but you can also feed if you want to. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, I'm sort of horrified by my own instincts. Because this is horrible, and I see Vincent having a taste and then just diving in. I'm fumbling backwards, stumbling backwards, and I just push myself against the wall, and I try to... I close my eyes. I still smell the smell of blood. Ah... Considering the blood is at this stage already probably <laughs> dead blood, do I actually maybe only clear one hunger? Well, it's more of the amount fact. of time you use on it because the blood is perfectly fine, but it's the amount of time you use, so I don't assume you're going to use a lot of time on feeding. No. No, but you do regain one. Although, as I've done that, wait, are they still alive? They are not alive. Not alive, but I kind of finish feeding. I kind of withdraw quickly, like that was really unseemly of me. And I wipe the blood, looking at my hands now, kind of covered just a little in blood. Kind of say, you got like a handkerchief or something. I think a large part of you is is covered in blood. Mm, Yes, I look down and see the shoes as well. And um, we're going to need to clean up. Alan, but really good, really good with the chair leg. Very good. And I kind of go over to Malenkov for a moment. I just sort of look in his face and say, you know, it really didn't have to be this way, buddy. But unfortunately, you're going to be coming to the prince. Sorry about that. I'm just uh, standing back at the wall and I'm uh, opening and closing my fists. Oh, come on. Dolph, do whatever you gotta do. Let's get out of here. So, Dolph, I want you to describe what you are going to do to this club. I'll go to the uh, lady with whom I left my grey goose. Uh, excuse me, may I have the oh, bottle it back? Sounds like you had a lot of fun in there. Oh, believe me, the fun has only just begun. Do you have a lighter? I was just going to pop outside for a quick cigarette. Sure, yeah, one second. Thank you. I'll bring it back to you shortly. You can just keep it. I have lots. (laughs) Okay, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. As I'm walking past her, I'll take the pocket square out of my uh, suit jacket. I'll tuck it into the neck of my bottle of expensive vodka. Uh, I don't intend on hesitating because if I focus on the fact that I've got a flaming bottle of alcohol in my hand, I might drop it and run away. I am a vampire after all. So, I will light my pocket square. I will walk across the dance floor. Up to Brett Stryker's table. And I will say, Whoever heard of a Toreador Burns victim? And I will throw it in Brett Stryker's face. He, he sees you, and he's about to say something, Stargy. But... You lift the bottle up, and you can just see the expression change on his face from being this arrogant cunt. You throw the bottle directly towards him, and he 
almost immediately just goes up in flames. People around him start screaming loudly and it doesn't take long before the entire club sees what's going on and the corner just bursts into flame. There are a lot of sofas in that corner, there are long drapes and everything just goes incredibly quickly and as soon as it reaches the bar area you can just hear just small explosions of alcohol and bottles and glass just spreading the fire um, and Vincent and Alan you hear this as well you hear panic complete panic are you still in the room with Malenkov? yeah waiting for the place to evacuate I thought while we were waiting I decided sacrifices have to be made I took the jacket off you Alan I said, we're going to need to use this, and uh, you can leave this here. Or, or it's just a jacket. It's, it's, it can be... Whatever, man, I don't care. So I, I use that to try up my best to clean us up as best I can, and I think that is what I was doing as the alarms go off. And I go, right, okay, you lift him on one end, I'll lift him on the other. Let's get his arms. Oh, shit, yeah. Shit, they're making a lot of noise. I don't know what he did, but it sounds like it's working, so let's just go and let's just head for the, uh... Wait, how did you get in? Fire exit. Good. Lead, lead the way. Let, let's get out. Behind the bar. Yeah, let's go that way. I'm guessing that's where most people are gonna run now. So, as you lift up Malenkov, suddenly the door flings open, and it is the receptionist. And she says, there's a fire... And she looks around the room. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. It wasn't me. What? I move forward. What I move forward very slowly. I grab her by the shoulder and I just say, it's fine, forget. And as I say forget, I sort of just push her out the door. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, why is it smelling like, why is, there is, do you smell the smoke? Oh, seems like there's a fire. Quick, uh, you better go. Let's get out of here. Quick. Oh, oh no! And as uh, he is corralling her in front, I am kind of dragging Balenkov along the floor. She she runs she runs into the main room. <laughs> Excellent. I quickly turn and go right. Okay, okay, quick body, quickly, quickly. So what do you do, Dolph? What 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 are you doing after you see all of this chaos? For a few minutes or a few seconds. For a few seconds, I stand around and watch the delightful chaos. Probably for the first time feeling like I belong to my clan. And then, with the rapid spread of fire, I head back towards the VIP area, ensure the door is open for my two compatriots if they're making their way out, dragging a body. And uh, I try and look nonchalant as people are running past me. I'm guessing no one is going to try and arrest me while the club is on fire. No one is really noticing you. They think, if they do notice you, they think that you're carrying out someone who's been smoke poisoned or something. Yeah, I'm going to make a roll, however, to see whether I'm going to actually help Alan with the body. Because uh, I'm not good around fire. I'm not good with self-control in general, as we know, so I may just flee. Um, but no, 
I hold my will, I am a team player, and I assist in the carrying of Malenkov. Okay, and you attempt to escape through the fire exit from you? Where no, we because that was behind the bar, and the bar is now an inferno. It is. So we will go via the main exit. Okay, there is a lot of people here trying to get out at the same time. And you are in the very back of them because you were a bit slow. Can we, can we just jump out a window? Will we be able to do that? Oh yeah, is there? I assume there are windows. There are windows, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's known to be a smart thing to do in the middle of a fire to burst a window. So let's just smash a window open. I'm sure nothing bad will happen, and we will dive out and throw Malenkov, and hopefully the stake won't move. I will blink a few times. First of all, I see the fire, and I immediately look away. I kind of just like, when you said distraction, I... I need you to make a willpower check, yes. and I need Alan to make a willpower check as well, because there you are currently in a fiery room that you have difficulties escaping. I got three successes. Wonderful. You feel incredibly scared because you are a vampire and you do not like fire, but you keep your composure just, just... And I feel very focused. I I, I, I start walking in uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm helping out. I'm, I'm carrying the back uh, uh, of the body and, and I just look up at this uh, fire and I just... just freeze. I only get two successes. You need to get out of here right now. Body or not, group or not, you need to get out of here now. Shit, shit, shit. Vincent, you get Malenkov out, I will get Alan out. Uh, yes, of course. I, I look to Alan, seeing then that fear take his eyes, and I understand, but it's only from really focusing hard that I just go, ignore the fire. Uh, yep, I've got Malenkov. I, and I go to get Malenkov. I still have my strength up from the blood surge for the scene, so I have free strength, so I, I grab him. Alan you start pushing people away with inhuman power just pushing them out of the way pushing them to the floor you don't you don't care you, you're panicked you need to get out oh system let's cause a stampede so we can ride the crowd out of my way out of my way and you are you are pushing everyone no nobody escapes and you eventually make your way out Excellent. So, yeah, that means there's a sort of flood of humanity down the stairs towards the door. That's good, because uh, it means, yeah, we can just walk over them. Um, uh, looking back, is Vincent getting Malenkov out of a window, or what is he? What are you doing? I will have gone to a window and attempted to smash it with my fist. What do you have in strength? Currently, my strength is free. Okay, you can easily do that. I mean, as I smash through the glass, I imagine a little bit of glass probably does get stuck in my hand, and I <laughs> kind of look at it, but I don't really feel it. It's fine. It stings a little. I don't have time. There's fire. I call up from the street, throw him out the window. I will catch him. And as I sort of clear the glass, I will then start to haul Malenkov's body, making sure that that wood is firmly in place and I will just sort of start hauling him out the window and then trying to follow myself as best I can. As you pull his shoulders you actually feel him getting lighter all of a sudden and you see the receptionist helping you getting him out. Is he okay? 
Oh, I don't know. He looks quite hurt. Let's get him out, and then like, you can help me check on him outside. Is that a is that a leg through his heart? Oh, I don't know. Um. Anyway, let's let get him out first, and let me let me see. Let's see. Do outside. we need to call an ambulance? Is Malenkov through the window yet? Yeah. I sort of give him a good shove. Oh, oh don't be, be careful! You hear her say before you. She disappears in the crowd. Just before she disappears for the crowd, I kind of again just go, Oh, yeah, don't worry. Oh, so again, forget. Yeah, you're not really able to make eye contact with her um, as she disappears back into the crowd. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck it. Fuck. Fine. Fine. And I make my way out that window myself. And Melancholy is just currently on the ground, I suppose. Well, if I didn't catch him. <laughs> Are you trying to catch him? No. No. <laughs> That's why I assumed he was on the ground. Yeah. He uh, fell one floor. He he doesn't look too mangled, but... I'm not intending on catching Vincent either. I clamber out the window, and again, riding on the adrenaline of all this. Well, I feel I'd be riding on the adrenaline of all this if adrenaline still pumped through my veins. I try and land out the window. Uh, you need to make a roll for that. I know it's not going to hurt. What do I roll? Mm, what do you have in athletics? I have three. So, athletics and... Stamina? Dexterity. Actually, dexterity would make more sense. Okay. Three successes. You land perfectly, without any problems. It's funny because it almost looks like I'm going to stumble and then I do just sort of land perfectly on my feet. And I kind of just look at you, Dolph, and I'm like, ah, okay, great, great. I, I stand there next to Dolph as you look up from having jumped down and I'm just wide-eyed, trembling, not taking any action right now. I actually give him a hug. And you feel me... Relax a little. We we did we did it, Dolph. We we got him. We did, didn't we? We got him. We we got him. Although, uh, Dolph, <laughs> did you think a fire was a little extreme? You could have just hit the alarm. Well, consider it a lesson learned for the next time. You have listened to an episode of Red Moon Roleplaying, where we played the chronicle The Sacrifice from Chicago by Night for Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. Chicago by Night is published by our friends at Onyx Path Publishing, and Vampire the Masquerade is published by Modiphius. Our storyteller was Clara Horsher Herbal, and we were also joined by the gentleman gamer Matthew Dawkins. Check them out on social media and on their Patreons to support their work in the tabletop space. The intro was composed for us by the amazing Simon Keller, and he's also provided all of the music for this chronicle. Check out his work over on simonkolle.com. Sound effects are created by the fine folks at freesound.org and Sirenscape. We would like to give massive thanks to our champions of the Red Moon, Martin Hoyshobert, Nastasha Rollerson, and David for their generous support. And we would of course like to thank all of our other patrons, Without your support, the show would not be possible. If you want to support our work, please check us out on Patreon. 
You can get access to bonus campaigns for Cult Divinity Lost and Coriolis there, as well as get early and raw access to all of our recordings. You can also hear your name read on the show as a champion of the Red Moon, as well as play Cult with Yelmer and Craig. Most importantly, that support is what keeps the show going, so do check us out there. Thank you so much for listening, and see you soon again.